My name is Josh Snyder, and you're listening to Thoughtful Discussions. I'm here with my co-host at 1028 Podcast Recording Studio. What's going on, y'all? This is Corey Ochai. Yes, we are back with another one. Yes, we are. Hello. We're here to highlight <laughs> artists and entrepreneurs, uh, some of the movers and shakers, and uh, we're very proud to have a very special guest on today. We're here with... What's up? My name is Adam Vallon. Uh, I am, am I doing a little intro? Yeah, go for Sweet. it. Sweet. We're doing the intro. I'm the director of marketing at Drowski Entertainment. I'm also the Pennsylvania precinct captain at the National Independent Venue Association and also, uh, what else? Tour marketing at a new venture called Detour, which is a conglomerate of independent promoters across the country. Ooh, that's yeah. heavy, man. Yeah, we're doing cool stuff. Yeah, it sounds like it. Definitely like, sounds like it. It sounds like you're working with a, a good handful of people as well yeah we're working with a good handful of people a lot of creatives uh yeah. around the country that are yeah. just keeping the mission of independent venues independent music and artist development across the country we got to do it to to keep ourselves afloat yeah and um you've done uh you were in a band yep and uh and so how how is it when you have multiple things going on at once that kind of take your time in different directions um i have i have something similar with like you know i got the podcast i got uh, the business, and then I, I have other, you know, I like to make art, and, and there's many facets of that, so I uh, there's always something to juggle, but for you, you have these three main things that are going on right now, you've had the band, like, how, how did they all work together? Um, I mean, it really just helped build a roadmap for, mm -hmm. you know, how to navigate the industry, it's a really weird and complex thing to mm -hmm. understand how, how the music industry works, Yeah, um, I, I think... Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to Point Park University and learn a lot on the entertainment management background just to get a general sense of kind of mm. how the world worked and in this world and yeah. um, kind of just finding the path of what I wanted to do, um, oh, which I, I still that. didn't know what it was. I knew like early <laughs> on it was, you know, play music, find a way to play music, get on a stage like before mm. it was even, you know, before it was even working as a for a concert promoter, it was I was going to go to school to do voice perform like vocal performance was going to yeah. be my thing and um kind of phased out of that when i realized kind of when i had this kind of epiphany of like do i really want to be in a choir for the rest of my life uh, right. and started going to shows around high school um but um mm -hmm. yeah it's um trying to get back to the original question but just juggling everything um it's really just finding priorities of of you know what you're passionate about and trying to you know follow that through as as much as humanly possible yeah. um, it is hard when you're somebody who wears a ton of hats and i've just started to get started to dabble a little bit more into the artist management world because being in a band in, for so many years and um we you know we stopped playing uh probably about what five or six years ago or so yeah shout uh, out to nevada color yeah dude i love those guys we're all still really really good friends nice. and I'm um, actually going up to see Max, our one, uh, our guitarist, in a couple weeks. But nice. um, we all just kind of phased out, and I realized that, you know, performing is not something that I really have as much of a keen interest in anymore. Mm. I'm more focused in trying to see the potential in other artists that want to put the yeah. drive into it. And yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you love that. You yeah. love what you do, right? Yeah. So, all, you know, we, we had to say, you know, that, the two best days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born, right? Yeah. And so, like, finding out, when did you realize, like, you know what? Maybe the stage is not for me. Maybe this maybe this is more of the thing that fills my spirit. How, when did that happen? Um, I mean, I really, it, 
uh, I think it really started to happen, um, honestly, right before COVID, honestly, was I, I had this real large passion for wanting to play. And as soon as the band kind of fizzled out, which was around that time, um, you know, I just started really taking a deeper look at what was around me and really paying attention to like the music that I'm actually listening to rather than just listening at it on a surface level, but really diving in deep on, mm. you know, the, the creative aspect around what artists do and how they create their music. And, um, really like COVID kind of helped give me like a realignment of really what was important to me and why I put this focus into the industry in, in the first place. Cause I think once we ha had that moment of like, you know, we're starting to lose what we have from a from a live perspective and really just mm -hmm. like starting to take more of a turn from like actually listening to the music and focusing on like what it was that made that artist special and really, you know, just again, helping artists achieve what it is that they want to do. Um, man, because that's a big thing, man, because it's, it's one thing it's one thing to do that for you. Yeah. Right. But it's another thing to do that for another human being that you cannot control yeah. their mind. You can't control their the motivation. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. it's really there's a book I'm reading right now, The Creative Being, I believe it's called by Rick Rubin. Yeah. Yeah, okay. which is it's just absolutely amazing. And he's 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 one of those people that um inspire me and it talks about, you know, how he's kind of in the position to, you know, produce but not even knowing really how to work a soundboard <laughs> yeah. and what he has to do. I love it. Yeah, I know I do too, right? Yeah. And, he, and he talks about he has to, he talks about how it's it's not that I need to know how to do this or need to know how to do this. I need to be confident in my ability to, uh, my, I need to be confident in my decision yes. that I know what I'd like to hear and what yes. actually thinks sounds best for what this artist is trying to present. Right. You I know think I mean? something that him and I have in common is that we understand sellability and understand like like what it was something that I, that he was saying is like he, people don't know what they want to hear. They don't want to know. They don't know what they want next and they're not going to. You just have to put it out mm. and some stuff will catch some stuff won't. And there's people that think that they, you know, their hits are going to be their hits. And then it turns out something they thought was going to be on the B side ends up on number one. And they're like, oh, I didn't even think that was the one. And, and that happens way more, than, oh. way more often than you think. I but mean, it, doing it is, is so much of the key. Do, right. Like doing the thing, putting the thing out yeah. and not yeah. just keeping it to yourself. Like that is where so many people don't push to their next level. And I, and I, I want to emphasize so much that like doing putting it out and letting um letting people putting it out into the market whether it's music or art or a business like the let the market decide if it's something that's that's worthwhile being out there yeah mm. and, the, and the biggest thing like now that i've been getting into you know diving into the the creative mind of just other people um which is really fascinating to not think of like being in the band it was it was always uh hard to kind of grapple with that when it's yeah. five minds in the room and now right. like i'm working with a with an artist who is just a it's single dude um super passionate songwriter but really like watching him uh unfold a lot of these like thoughts in his head and like putting mm. pen to paper and seeing that brings like an emotion out of him like the yeah. biggest thing for me has been 
you know, if it if it invokes something out of you that yeah. if it invokes a specific emotion that moves you, it's going to move somebody else. So like, right. go with that gut instinct to, to to put that out. Yes. What does your day to day look like? You know, because I, I think you know because that it, you you mentioned you do a lot of things, right? Yeah. So what is what does your day entail? If you can if you can walk us through, wake up to go to sleep. You know what I mean? Like in between those times, what do yeah. you, what is, what does your day look like? Um, my mornings are like, that's my time to myself. I, it, the biggest thing for me has just been trying to find like little pockets to, mm-hmm. to dedicate to yourself. And I found like my mornings are, are that I'll, I'll wake up, I'll take my dog out for a walk. Um, got to get him to, to get his steps in or he's just going to be crazy all day. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, take, take the dog out for a walk, do a little, do a little bit of relaxation. I, I've been really into using, uh, one of those, um, Oh my god, I can't think of what it's called. Fidget spinners? The way you did your hands. No. I should. I should. I should have. The a way spin. you just did your hands, but I was like, "That's a fidget spinner." My kids no, put one, me on those. Um, one of those. One of those mats that helps uh, emulate the feeling of getting acupuncture. Uh, an acupressure mat. That's what it's. It's. It's really relaxing. Like it. It seems painful, but it's not. But I've been okay. doing that every morning, and it's helps a lot. Just like clear your head and like not yeah. think of stuff. Are you a person of routine as well? Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. It's. It's like my my cough my coffee's at the same time every day. My um, my dog like I'm, my dog wakes me up religiously at whatever six forty five a.m. every day. Okay, um, and it just snorts a snowball from there. But um, right. then uh, yeah, then it's it's up to work. It's answering emails. It's talking to. It's uh, you know trying to connect back with my team, my marketing team at Dressing Entertainment um, during the morning, uh, and then I'll find pockets throughout the day where I'm just checking in on on my on my artist that I'm managing, um, getting on still. Because with the Neva thing, uh, we're all uh, scattered throughout the country, so we're still right. doing, we're doing said, zooms every day. We're doing zooms all the you time. You said Amoeba. Neva. It's the Neva. It's the National Independent Venue Association, or Neva, for which sure. was started when COVID hit, and, and venues needed to kind of come together yeah. so that they could they raise survive. raise uh, raise funding and, and awareness that they were, you know, without them after the pandemic they you know having all these places of music would not be around so we had to Mm. do something to keep them afloat while this was happening if i understand correctly yeah yeah no it's um there's a lot of trade associations out there for different industries um restaurants have one through the national restaurant association uh the there's the national brewers association there really wasn't ever one for for venue for independent venues um we just never, we, we're all so siloed and we're all in the mindset of, you know, we're independent. We're doing, right. we're doing everything on our own. We're trying to make sure that we meet our bottom lines every day and, and really just focus on what we're doing internally, but not really looking externally. And so when COVID hit, you know, we kind of had this whole like, well, what, what do we do? Because yeah. no, well, nobody knew. And you were able right? to quickly, you know, lobby for government and, yep. and get, um, you know, get uh, representation. Yeah, we, we. One of the things that we learned really on um, one of my friends in in New Orleans, Howie Kaplan, um, who's now the nighttime economy man- manager of the city of New Orleans, which happened out of just having a voice at the table. We always told us, you know, if you're uh, if you're not on if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Um, mm-hmm. So we really we really like we didn't have any kind of collective voice and just really had to make sure we we got a seat at the table. And um, so know. wait, that position that you said that he's in is that something that was kind of created for yeah. him? Yeah, it was it was created for, uh, from the city so, of New Orleans out of necessity to have representation in nightlife uh, across the city of New Orleans. Night nightlife economics. Did you hear that, Corey? That's yeah, amazing. That's yeah. I'm, 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 it's I'm such in, a big I'm part in, of it. I'm yeah. in 
wow right now. It's it's yeah. crazy. Like, it's it's like, and where did this start? <laughs> who 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 came up with the idea? Like like what were the people? Who were the people that came up with the idea that said this needs to happen? So so really, um, and and there's like a very small group of uh, what they call themselves nightmares, um, which is really you know there's the nine to five it's a dope so, name, all, <laughs> right? And there's 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 everything that happens nine to yeah, five yeah. Um, during the day, but then there's there's also this whole other culture of what happens on the five to nine and, and after yeah. hours, and who's yeah. who's managing that? Who's seeing uh, all of this economic activity, all this cultural activity, all of this. Yeah. You know this this amazing these amazing things that are happening. Shout out to the nightmares. Man. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> one of sure. one of them is actually uh, they they all kind of came together under an umbrella called Nightcap, which is uh, the I can't think of what the acronym is, but there's nightmares across the city. From there's one in Pittsburgh who's um, incredible. Her name's Allison Harnden, and I've been working with her throughout the pandemic. Which you know of all the silver linings of it has been meeting all these amazing people that I didn't know existed across right. the. Yeah. Or, let alone like here across the country. Right. Um, uh, but there's a ton in, in a lot of these, you know, hyper cultural areas like uh, Austin, Texas, New uh, New York, New York City, um, and, a, and a couple others, I think uh, Sacramento, California. Um, a lot of these with, uh, you know, city governments that understand the value of nightlife and what it brings to their city right. and taking that a step further and actually developing uh, an office of nighttime economy, which represents, again, like all of the, all the nightlife businesses from all the, the clubs, bars, um, uh, theaters, anything that really like brings foot traffic to what's happening in their cities Absolutely. from five and to nine. And they help give representation to all the, to that end of the community a right. little bit better than what what the uh, standard, you know, someone that understands a little more. Right. And it's really about creating, you know, this, this vibrant community around what's happening at night in the city because there are – you know, there are healthy alternatives that are happening at night, whether it's, you know, whether it's a concert you're going to, whether it's an art right. gallery, whether right. it's um, a comedy performance or, you know, just all of these things that are happening to help bring community together and build yes. culture um, and really just emphasizing the vibrancy of what's happening and, at night. And maybe there's some venues out there that don't know how to tap into this. Where, where would they go to get information about how to become part of this, this, uh, I don't even know what to call you guys. Like I would like I would call you guys <laughs> like organization. Yeah, yeah organization. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So for for the National Independent Venue Association, um, and it's still new. It's it's really it's three years old, and most trade organizations I think are like a decade plus. And um, we have a it's a website called nivasos.org, N-I-V-A-S-S-O-C.org, and um, it's really affordable for small independent venues to become a part yeah. of it and kind of you know have their voice at the table. Um, we have a ton of advocacy tools that we've been working on. A lot of I like uh, like what you said. If you if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Yeah, <laughs> you know that that right there is like it's the so highlight. It's amazing uh, already of the, the so far this conversation. Yeah. That is that is beautiful. Well, and, I, and it's it's so it's been so apparent even just in like a lot of conversations have happening mm -hmm. locally, statewide, yeah. nationally, like. Had we not said anything, I mean, right. I, I, it, who knows if I would be here? Who knows if any of these, any right. of the venues that, that we're working with would still be open? You know, we, right. we had to figure out a way to, to work collaboratively because okay. I, I think one of the biggest things that one of the biggest hurdles to overcome is even though we all work independently, and I think that's a beautiful part of what we do, yeah. is that we all have our own unique voice, we have our own unique audience, we have our own unique flavor, um, but none right. of that matters if we can't come together to see the bigger picture on, on certain things and really work together to help 
uh, create a vibrant ecosystem within our independent venue scene. I, I absolutely love that. And as we started, as we started the podcast, we asked, you know, what was your what does your day look like? And we kind of got to the part where you you right. know you started answering emails. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, I want to get to the part where you know, yeah, where you're also like really tapping in with the artist and yeah. and, and and you know, what I mean, like so so after you're answering emails, because I'm sorry yeah. to, to no, double back yeah. real quick, because we we went on we went in real quick. <laughs> that was that that that. Took a whole a, a big a beautiful turn um and we got to get to see the scenery but like you know when you're going through your day uh i wanted to know how did you you get you get to the emails what's next after the emails you know are you going in and you're visiting other artists like how does how yeah. does how's your day usually end or does it end uh no it definitely doesn't end so this um, is not a nine to five this is a lifestyle yeah it's, a, it's yeah the music industry is definitely a lifestyle it takes a certain person with a certain mentality it's it i mean it never sleeps you know we're, there are times where i'm getting calls from agents at 11 mm. o'clock at night trying to you know get uh get a certain get a tick account from a show or see how many people came to a show there's right. um you know shows that are announced like we're finding out shows that are announcing the next day and i'll find that out at midnight you know that's it's, it's yeah. such a crazy uh, crazy environment that it, it does take like a certain type of person but you know once you know ideally like once the emails are done that's when I'm going to the show um, yeah. there are some days where you know we'll have one show we'll have five shows a night that yeah. anything from like a you know from uh, when we were used to be doing shows at Black Forge before it uh, before it closed down um, we were doing shows anywhere from there to you know uh, the stadium in Washington PA we're doing stuff yeah. at Wild Things Park so trying to really just go to the show have a have a promoter presence. Get My guy, calm down, calm down. No, no, no. You you you're in there. Yeah. yeah. See, I know birds of a feather flock together because I look. I'm looking across right now, right? And it's like it's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's like when when you're doing this thing, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. I was yes. gonna throw in. He's got to he's got to pick up the posters and flowers that he ordered. From oh, AGH come on, Print come on with it, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know, Josh. Like even when we get done with here. Like I don't think our day is. Done. Oh, no, probably, probably just not get, sleeping yeah, tonight. I probably will be up to about two or three today. <laughs> um, and what about shit night? You know, after we get done with like right now, it's we're, we're going, we can say the time. It's around like eight o'clock, right? Right. After you get done tonight with the podcast, what's, what's your next move? My next move is probably checking back in with with my artist, and then it's it's back to answering emails. Honestly, it's, it's, <laughs> it sounds so. There's a part of it. That I, it's it's so hard to make it sound sexy sometimes. <laughs> um, but but it really like it's it's really it's it's really just a rush like there there's just so yeah. much crazy that goes on yeah. in the day to day and um you know we we just do so much that because when you're talking like most people when they say all these things they have to do a lot of times it feels like you know there's a negative yeah. Gone, like just checking almost, boxes yeah checking yeah. boxes I can still see the spark in your face yeah like oh no this this is this is what's happening it's getting done like you still have a there's a there's a there's a there's a love in your in your voice about it. Yeah, man. You're like a passion. There, um, I started going to shows over at Altar Bar in the Strip District when it was still open. I was right. skipping high school and like <laughs> waiting in line at like one in the afternoon. Like that was kind of the moment that I knew like I gotta figure out a way into this because like yeah. I just love how this makes me feel. And I want like other people to feel this way because it's just yeah. like such a surreal rush of like yeah. whether you're having a good day, you're having a bad day. Like you can uh, you can always it can always just get better when you're at a show because you can just forget everything when you're there. Um, whether and you know being or working for the promoter on the wow. promoter world for so long, you know I I was in such a bubble of like 
you know, I'm only listening to like one type of music and now we book pretty much everything under the sun, even, uh, even doing like a lot of comedy lately and just yeah. kind of understanding yeah. the, the persona around who the comedian is and yeah. how they, how they work and learning that side of performance. It's, it's just such a cool thing to, to see that develop. And I think that's kind of been the, the drive behind it really has been, we get to do all these cool artists and then what we do, what we get to do with the promote as the promoter is really just help build them up yeah. and try to help develop them as an artist. And it's just so cool seeing that. It's, it's, it. it's so crazy, man. Doing this podcast, bro, <laughs> doing this podcast without, what I'm finding out is the common denominator, mm -hmm. right? Is like, you have to, and this is for those that are listening, right? Um, find something that makes the world intriguing to you. Like when when you're when you when you're done doing what you're doing, you're still looking at the world and you're engaged, trying to gather inspiration. It's feeding right. the the one thing, right? Because of what you do, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can be off, but if you hear some music that tunes that 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 fits, yeah, it it it, it you know what I mean? It it you'll pop up and you're gonna go check it out, right? It's yeah. like. You know, a lot of times we were just talking about the um, this before where we're trying to find our passion. We're trying to find that thing that we were meant to be in this world for in, in our minds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like the way to identify it is like when I do my art, art makes the world intriguing to me. It makes it delightful because I'm looking at everything, being trying to get inspiration, trying to gather things that I can take to the thing I'm doing. If you have to right. find something you love like that, and once you find it, man, it's a beautiful thing. And it's yeah. it's, uh, it's not impossible. People will see it in yeah. you, and, and yeah. it's attractive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it just becomes a part of you. Right. Right, right? Yeah. like, it, it's just, I mean, I, I mean, for both of you, I mean, like, if if you were to quit, I don't want to say if you quit your day job tomorrow, but like it's just so hard to picture if if I were to do something else tomorrow that it was anything else but you know what you're doing right now. There's, right. That that's always gonna carry with you, I think, for as long as as long as you live. Yes. Yeah, man. That's like, yeah. It's I mean, it's just such a tough thing. It's just stuff that like my my girlfriend always is like, if you ever considered you know doing something else, and I'm like, right. there's a part of me that's almost like, I don't know what I, I don't know what I can do. <laughs> right, <laughs> this is I all mean, I know. So <laughs> I had a business for seven years in California, and then I moved to Pittsburgh, and I spent three years, um, kind of doing other things until I got, uh, you know, I made an opportunity to start working for myself again. I always knew that I wanted to do uh, a business again, but I I wasn't. I didn't have my footing yet. Yeah. Um, moving to a new city from across the country, and and um, you know I wasn't part of the scene or part of the community in a way where. But once you're in, you're you're in here in Pittsburgh, especially. It's very tight knit, and once you have you know a handful of people, I'd say by the first the time I got like two dozen customers, my first two dozen customers, like I mean half of them still order with me regularly, and like it's it just all snowballs from there to to now over 7000 customers there's um, wow which 9 years later it's it, it it absolutely is but like the to so i'm going to go off of what i was saying but for you i had a question where yeah. um what i'm hearing a lot is um balance yeah from you so tell me what that means to you and kind of how you find your balance uh balance i mean Balance is a hard thing to come by sometimes in this industry because again, it's like it's such a demanding thing every yes. now and then. But it's 
it's it's finding the pockets. We it's always about finding the pockets of the day yeah. where if you can. It this is a it's very much about self care. Yeah. Um, which I regret like regrettably have not been doing a good job at lately. Yeah. Um, but it is about trying to find the priority for yourself because uh, mm. if you can't find that time uh, to focus on yourself, you're just going to start to deteriorate really quickly. And I've yeah. and I've seen like the, I think COVID was like a really prime example of like just seeing the burnout from uh, the burnout and fallout of, of people in the industry that just decided to go on and do something else, which I, I totally understand because it's it's can be grueling at times, but it is really about like. Yeah. finding the balance, finding the little, like the little pockets of the day where you can focus to yourself. Yeah. And then you still get excited when there are, you know, new challenges when, yeah. when, you know, someone emails you at midnight and says this, you know, this show is going to be announced tomorrow and you're like, Oh cool. I have to do this, this, and this yeah. to get the marketing ready for that announcement. Mm-hmm. And then there's always fires to put out. And if yep. there's a fire to put out and you're like, okay, well how am I going to deal with this? And you take it head on. That's ex- that can be fun as long as you're willing to, you know. Yeah, and and it could. I think it's also like a personality flaw mm-hmm. on, on my end too. Of like, I I just have such this <laughs> this focus of like if I if I don't do it like it won't get done. Right. And like I have to like I I've, yeah. it, it maybe it's just like a I have like a a clean plate syndrome or whatever where it's like yeah. I, I have to get stuff off my plate or it's it's never gonna interesting it's it's never gonna you know I'm, I'm never gonna feel accomplished well, I, think, I think that's a beautiful thing and I used to I, and I still do I operated like that uh at my pre, at my previous employment you know where I it, it was the same thing you know if, if I don't do it it's never gonna get done yeah and it, it but there was two sides to that coin yeah. it was hard for me to delegate yeah uh responsibilities uh, because of that, like, um, how do you work with a team? Do you feel like, or do you always, do you, uh, I know you have a team. Yeah. You know, you, how do you guys operate? You know? Um, it, uh, so I've, I've, I've been really thankful and, and blessed to be, to have a team of people that have, that are really passionate about the industry that want to learn. And I think that that, like finding those people that really want to find an in and also just want to have the capability to learn. We've we really pride ourselves on kind of being like a jack of all trades, like learning everything okay. so that like if on a given moment, like I have to step out for a day for a personal matter or whatever, like somebody mm-hmm. else can step in and fill those shoes. That's so beautiful. like we whenever we like onboard somebody onto our team, like I really try to be as hands on as I can with like having to learn every bit of it, whether it's understanding how the ticketing works, understanding mm-hmm. how the marketing and ad plans works and understanding how day show production works. Like everybody yeah. kind of does a little bit of everything, which is really nice so that we have that flexibility. Were, were you working, were you working uh, at uh, Dresky's? Were you, were you, were you, you were there from the start, right? Yeah. So you were there when there was really no team. Um, so I, like, like what, was there always a team or did you have, just guys had to, so it's been know. a relatively small team for as, for as much of, as much as we do. Um, we partner with a lot of venues, which is kind of why it works really well too. And, I think that's why we have this kind of like team playing mentality of like we okay. work with so many people and um, I think it's really important to, to have a good chemistry with people. Right. And also, you know, it's really easy to see when like somebody gets stressed and like how that can, how that situation can deteriorate right. if yes. one person's in a bad mood and like Ooh. you don't have a sense of empathy and just everybody's kind of going back and forth because it is like such a hectic thing. Yeah. Um, that having like a team playing mentality is, is so important right. in that. Um, you know, because the reason I'm asking yeah. is just that that's something I struggle with. And it feels yeah. like, you know, 
you work with a lot of artists, so you're always yeah. working with someone. So, yeah, like, you know, like, it, it's, I think you have a lot of gems yeah. to kind of, maybe that you don't even know that you yeah, have. It's just right. kind of the way you operate. But just, I think, people hearing the way that you guys operate would, would really, uh, might be some value that a lot of people can get out of that, you know. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm hearing, like, emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think just, like, uh, IQ, like in, in intellectual intelligence, is like the meter for how smart someone is. But I think that you know there there's not enough emphasis on that emotional intelligence, yeah. being able to to read the room and and read not just the front of the room, but the whole thing and and see where meet people where they're at. That's very important. I think that's that's one way that you guys have been successful. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll let you, you go, go ahead. It's just, it's a, there's a, there's a big piece of this where it's like, it's really about understanding empathy. Cause yeah. like, you never know what kind of day and it, and it trickles down to the, you know, the day, the day of show level where like yes. an artist is having a bad day. You don't know why, like you, right. you, you need to like, maybe they had a, a bad show the day before, maybe they found out bad news that day, but that shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't reflect on, on you and like really just having like a sense of, you know, or not, not trying to take all the weight of, of what's happening on your shoulders and, and trying to take that on other people, like have a sense of empathy with what's happening around you. Yeah. Um, because really like if, if you start to take things like a little, almost like a little too emotionally, right. then it starts to impact every bit of, of what right. you do. And I think Dominoes that's awful. Then. It, yeah. And I, and I think we're, we're very cognizant of that, or at least like, yeah. we, we try to stay as cognizant as we can be, because again, like we work with so many um whether it's artists whether it's agents right. whether it's managers a lot of people that like work on a lot of high volume high emotion like we have to keep ourselves grounded so that we can, <laughs> yeah so that we can stay you know sane for the most part correct did, did you go to school for this did, uh, you, did you take well, it yeah point park yeah. oh you went to point park yeah yeah okay what, what did you what did you uh, major in it was entertainment management entertainment it, management yeah it um one of the one of the few like belmont university in in nashville or uh i think it's nashville outside of nashville um uh and drexel university there's a couple there's a handful of like entertainment right. management programs throughout the country um and yeah i did that and really thankful that I did it. Okay. What was what was one of the like what were one of the what was one of the main things that you took, you know, from your time going to school there? Like what was one of the most important things I can say that you took from that? Um it really uh I one of my production managers said this to me and I still hold it to my chest every single That's day the thing. of of what was it? It was I came to I came to a show to to shadow uh one of our production managers, came with a whole schedule and he looked at me, thought I was crazy for having a schedule. Looked at me and goes, "What is that?" He takes it, throws it out the window. <laughs> and he goes, "See this business? You don't. There, there is no such thing as, as a schedule. You don't need it. It's yeah. you never know what today's going to bring." And I kind of, I I've it. kind of taken that and ran with it. Have for, you done that to somebody? That, no, I, <laughs> I don't know. You should. I should. I should. Um, I want you to write a schedule. Bring it in tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. So do you that. throw it away. That's you my should, next team meeting. You I'm just do gonna that. Like I want you to write a schedule. Bring it in tomorrow and show it to me. <laughs> tell me, tell me what do, you think that, that it's gonna go like. Once they do, the, the first day that they start, that's what you want. That, the second day, you need to have them bring in the schedule. I want you to bring in the schedule. Okay, cool. <laughs> 
Done. That, that's that, Done. that. Come on, man. You gotta yeah. do that. No, for, I, do that for us. I I will. I will. Yeah. It's 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 been one of the biggest life lessons because like you really know yeah. what you never know what what it, what's gonna be thrown your way and you have to be ready to roll with the punches because yeah. it's it's just such a, a crazy world and like I said like it it takes a certain type of person to right. to want to do this you have to be ready to again like you have to be ready to you know answer an email at one a like one in the morning I'll, I'll one of the one of the craziest. Um, one of the craziest ones, craziest stories that ever happened. And I, I'm so thankful that I was I was up for it. But um, we did um, we did Dave Chappelle um, no year, years and years and years ago, um, and he always does this thing where he will do a lot of pop up shows. Um, he won't let anybody know really when it's at, like any of the local venues, any of the local promoters, like know when it's happening. Yeah. Um, the show we got a, a notification at 2 a.m. on Monday that Chappelle was doing three days in a row, two shows a night. The show was announcing that morning at 10 a.m., and the shows were Wednesday that week. Um, what? So, this was on Monday? Yeah. So this was like a – like it, it. this is – 72 it's, hours. It's, it's a little bit of an extreme, but, like, it's one of those – I always have to tell people, like, you have to be ready for stuff like this to happen. And, yeah. But, you know, we, we were – And able, were they looking for, a, a, like, a buyer for, for like, the, the promote – they were looking. They specifically were looking at one of our one of our theaters, and yeah. um, you know, uh, we were working that you at, had a contract on. Yeah, we were working yeah. at the the music hall in Homestead, uh, yeah. the Carnegie Homestead Music Hall. Um, right. Yeah, we did. We put it up the next day. Did you know? Sold all, every show out in you know a couple hours. And <laughs> yeah. It, but it was just one of those like you never knew. Like none of us saw that coming at, at yeah. two in the morning. Like I just saw the email on my computer that was like Dave Chappelle confirmed. And I was like. Okay. This, beautiful. This Let's is get it. beautiful. Yeah, Let's this, get it. Yeah, it was. So I have a question for you. With working with so many different um, venues, management, all these different um, things, with with small business and entrepreneurs and, and artists, it, I think it's very important to have, whether it's a contract or even just like an outline, whether it's yeah. binding, just so that people can understand what's expected of them and yeah. what's what they're able to expect from the other person and then being able to revisit that on a, a regular basis and get an understanding of how well it's working for you and them and, and being able to kind of mold and shape it so that the relationship continues to work better for both of you and having so many venues that you work with for such a long time I have to imagine that you've been able to do this in a way that is um, you know works for everyone yeah to, I mean, to an extent at least I, not everything works you you know you have to there you got to take an L every once in a while but yeah no, for, we'll, for we'll what you've been doing for how long that I would imagine that you're you're in that yeah um, I, I'm not as much in the room for any kind of like the the higher level mm -hmm. deals but I do like that part of it is really important of like kind of having like a whether it's like a in writing or mm -hmm. like some sort of paper trail some sort mm -hmm. of like mutual understanding of yeah of process of how things are going to work because I think that that does put like a mutual accountability on, on everybody to make sure we, we all, at the end of the day, like we all want a show to succeed. We Absolutely. want we want butts and seats. We want people in, <laughs> yeah. we want people to have a good time. We want the artists to have a good time. Right. Um, so having as much like open communication as, as yeah. we can, especially like over the last couple of years has been like critically important to making sure a show is successful because it's really easy to see the shows that don't do well, are the ones where there is like a very clear disconnect, whether it's like from the jump, whether it's like 
hey, we realize like this artist shouldn't have gone in this room or like maybe it wasn't ready. Maybe the artist wasn't ready to play right. this this market yet. We needed time to develop it a little bit more. Right. Like having, oh. I think it all starts at the jump and part of like the, the ethos I think we've been taking over oh, the last amazing. couple yeah. years has really been like, we got to figure it, we got to start first and foremost of like making sure the, the right artist goes in the right room because that's yeah. really going to determine whether a show is right. successful from the jump. I don't, I don't hear that enough developing artists yeah. yeah it's like a dying breed these days a lot of these days it's like you need to come with this ready and this like no no like you let's don't put have, them on the small yeah. stage and see yeah, how they do like you don't have to have all the stars aligned like you right. know if you're working with the right people they can develop you into that but which i think is more sustainable yeah. right and you gotta have somewhere yeah. to you gotta create yeah. a space where people can cut their teeth and yeah right not, not only create a space, but just like build a team of people around right. that because the, right. the, the amazing thing that I've been learning over the last couple of years of, is just like the wealth of knowledge that people in this industry have. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking like if everybody could come collectively to the table to just like help present that knowledge because there mm-hmm. is like there is this kind of notion of being like gatekeepers of the industry. And I, and I hate that term. I, I, mm. I, I agree there are gatekeepers in the industry, sure. but um, I, I mean, for me, it's, it's been really about breaking down those walls and like trying to find ways that again, like why I, I I'm not in a, in a band anymore is because I would rather take all of the knowledge that I've used over the years and just give that to other people right. to help empower them. It's yeah. understanding again, like, how a contract works. It's understanding how to book a show. It's understanding what the mutual responsibility between marketing and promoting not only your show, but yourself as an artist. Like there's so many right. different things that yeah. I wish like somebody would have come to me in that time to be like, Hey, you're doing this wrong. Like you should, yes. you should, you should, there, here are some other things that you can like that might help you succeed a little better. Right. And I, that's exactly what I was going to say is being willing to like review yeah. what, what you've been doing and, and how you can make it better and being open to um, that critique or crit- or criticism yeah. in a way where you're you're able to take what you've um, you're you're you know you're running and it could be easy you're you're in it so much yeah. that it just seems like go 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 and you could just keep doing and you can keep messing up if you if you go long enough without reviewing yeah. and so to have that state of um, refreshing and, and um, taking a step back. You said the best way to to find your jumping off point is to take a vacation. Yeah, take right? a, yeah, it's take a vacation <laughs> because you need to. That's part of the wave. I think when you know when you're you're riding the wave and you're on it and you're in it and you're doing your thing and that's great. But you need you need that time to paddle out. You need that time that that it's passing by and you're not on the wave mm. to get. You know, there's got to be that space in between where you, you know, you're able to relax and, and figure out and look back and oh, what did I do and how can I do it better? And, and so you got you to gotta take each thing kind of at 100% both ways where you, if, when, you're, when you're writing it, you want to be doing your best, but then yeah. when you're not writing it, you want to be doing your best at, you know, figuring out how the next one's going to go. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and I mean, you also learn from, ex- I mean, I, I'm, I'm such a firm believer that like people write, people, people that write about experience and not like about, I don't know, 
Failures. Yeah. But yeah. people that write about failures it. Failures are so I important. I don't, so I don't important. believe yeah, them. Are. I don't believe them when they don't put them in there. <laughs> like, nah, just saying, this, they're, says, misses, they're missing some things. Anybody who says they didn't fail is, is lying, man. I, yeah. Everybody it's, goes. It's a flat out lie. Everybody it's go, a flat out lie. Everybody fails once, and yeah. it's totally okay to, to fail. I mean, you, you Once. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, every, yeah. everybody that I've, I mean, everybody yeah. that I've worked with has, has slipped yeah. up on something, and we only just learned. We only just get better by it. Right. Know, it's, it's, it's it's actually if a you're gift. willing to. It's yeah. a gift. If you're willing. To. Yeah. If you're it, willing it's to. it's really a gift to really get you to your better your better version of yourself. Like it's right. necessary to hit a wall. If you're doing something and it's working every time, then you're not doing it. You're not doing it to your full capacity. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because there, there's there's a way to tweak it. There's a way to adjust it. And don't get me wrong. You're going to have less and less of those walls coming up. Right. But when they come up, they're necessary to identify to make sure you get and get to the next the next level, right? I really wanted to know because that's what's happening. You know, a lot of times with a lot of new artists, a lot of people that are coming in that don't have the knowledge, they're hitting this wall. And what you guys, what it sounds like, what you're doing is giving them the tools to get through those walls to get to the next wall. You yeah. know what I mean? So you can find out another thing. I want to know how do you identify who you want to work with. You know, like that, like knowing, you know, knowing who you're working with and making sure they have this certain, they have the drive, they have, you know, um, the ability to become, you know, what they think they can become. I mean, it's from an artist perspective. Um, I mean, I, at first, I don't think it really takes having like a gigantic, like you don't have to have a million TikTok followers. You don't have yeah. to have like a million Instagram subscribers. Yeah. I think a lot of people look at that sometimes as like this shiny golden toy that right. uh, and it's not always that um it, it is really about like it really does come down to the passion behind like people can see it yeah. if it's genuine or not yeah it's, it's, it's really it's yeah. really easy to see when something's genuine versus when something that's not genuine right. um and and it's okay like if there there are people who are you know say i want to go down to nashville and i'm gonna be a big country star and like write all the you know the uh, the big country hits like that's totally okay. It's it's really easy to see when somebody is doing something that's genuine for themselves. Yeah. Um, and seeing that from an artist perspective, it's like pretty much that's really like the first and foremost thing is like right. you know what is the material that they're putting out. It doesn't have to be super well polished. Like mm -hmm. there's because again having a sense of having a lens of empathy. Like I don't know what that person has gone through to record that. Maybe it's they right. don't have the funds to have. Uh, a proper mixer, a proper right. engineer behind it. Um, they're doing stuff out of their house. Like it's really, and, and part of it is like trying to get out and see it live. I think one of the yeah. biggest things is like, if, if that artist can make me feel something live, yeah. um, it's, it's such a, it's such an important piece. Um, oh, man. Man, yeah. You, you reminded you, me of something else. Too. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm getting chills. Cause yeah. you know what? Uh, the most impressive thing so far, and like, don't get me wrong, my friend, you have a lot of skills, but I think the, one of the top skills that you have mm. is the is the ability to feel. Yeah. Because you have mentioned the word empathy, I think about four or five <laughs> times now, and not just that, but when you were talking about the artists, if they can make them feel, yeah. right. if you can make if you can feel a certain way, then somebody else can feel a certain way. Yes. Like you are really embodying energy, and I want to know how did you not sip the Kool Aid, my guy? Because I don't think there's a lot of people in your field that. That whole that can that that still have that you right. you know you you tend to be like you know what let's just get to how do you the, stay open to that yeah. energy how do you yeah how do you how do you it, stay so 
I don't know, man. Keep it to the art. Like everything you're talking about, I have Was it part of your upbringing? Was it part of your upbringing to like have a like a, a cool attitude that kind you of, kind of like bring yeah. or kind able of, yeah. to I mean, like I, empathize? Because I'm like, where do I sign up? You know, I might start a band. Um, I mean, I, I, I siloed uh, myself a lot in the in the music world. I mean, like my my dad raised me on um, like all the bi- like the '70s big bands, mm-hmm. America, mm-hmm. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, my stepdad raised me on like classic rock and roll um, yeah. on Zeppelin and Aerosmith and all that. And um, really it wasn't until high school that I started to like explore all of this other type of music that was around me. Like I got to go to, I went to Alderdice um, right before Wiz graduated. I was a year below Mac and like hip hop was like taking off like crazy. Right. Um, shout out Taylor gang. Um, yeah. it, it was, it was taken off like crazy and really like, that being in that world, um, even though like I wasn't an avid listener in, in high school, but just being surrounded by like all these different things, yeah. um, really just like kind of started to shift its way into my DNA. And it wasn't until like I started going to shows until like I started experiencing like all of these like live things that were happening yeah. and like just the way that that made me feel. Right. Um, I just it, it almost was like a drug, right? Like I, I just I just wanted to keep like going to shows and like feeling feeling that way. There, and there's another part of it too, which is really like there's a community part of it too. Like I met some of my best, my best friends going to shows yeah. and yeah. having that like just uh, you can connect with people on like this this one thing okay. um, was just such a was just such a cool thing um, yeah. and learning more of other artists from them and yeah got you um i have a question about as a um professional in the entertainment industry as a in the in the management end on the back end yeah um i see a wave which i see it on my end but i don't know how it looks from the other end of uh, people that want to go out and and stay sober and there's um like i know that alcohol and alcohol sales is such a big part of the nightlife industry and the economy of that and um like you might take a there but there will be people that would be willing to pay maybe a higher ticket fee if you know if there's to make up that difference or or you know whatever it is i i think that there is an economical way for it to for them to play together um how do you how does it look from your end and, and and how do you see it progressing um, man, that's, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, because, because, um, yeah, it's, it's just innate that like alcohol is just such a big part of the concert. Yeah. The and concert they spend industry. a lot of money to be in it. Yeah. No, I was going to say like some of the biggest, some of the biggest sponsors are still, are still liquor and, and beer sponsors. Yeah. Um, it, it's a really, I don't know. It's a really tough line to toe just because like, again, I, I think that I'm someone who's a little guilty of it from a sense that like, I like to go to a show. I like to have a beer. It like helps sure. loosen me up. It helps. Um, but I know not everybody. I know not everybody's like that. Um, I do think there are spaces that have been really good at offering alternatives. And, and granted, mm-hmm. I think we're coming into um, a generation that is very okay with going to shows and not drinking. A lot more of it is actually starting to, uh, and it's hopefully it's coming on the pipeline in PA. But like marijuana and, and shows are mm-hmm. starting to become like a, a different alternative to how people are, are engaging with shows. A lot yeah. of. Uh, friends venues that I have are, are starting to introduce like CBD, um, CBD cocktails and CBD beverages gotcha. into, into their daily mix. Like there's other healthy alternative ways to engage in a, in a show. And, and, um, sometimes it is, you know, you just build a showcase of, you know, a ton of different types of artists. Cause a lot of it is, you know, we want to try to diversify as much talent yeah. as we can in one space so that we can represent so many different, 
um, pockets of, you know, culture and just like fans that are coming to a show to experience something different. Yeah. Um, so maybe in a way where it all makes sense. Right. In a way, in a way where it all makes sense. And it represents the community. Right. Um, but I, I would love to, I don't know, that, that's a, it's a really interesting question because I think a lot of businesses rely really heavily on, on alcohol yeah. to, to pay their bottom line. It's, um, and it is, we're in a weird landscape where it is really hard to find alternatives that will still get people to come out. Okay. Right. Um, and, and it is something like I, I, I'm not a proponent of, you know, you should be valued based off of how many beers you sell. Like, <laughs> right. I, I used to see that all the time, like pre pre COVID, um, and still, and still kind of see it, but, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. What, I haven't really, yeah. What do you think is one of the biggest hurdles that you guys face? Um, that's consistent in every show. Like, you know, what's, what's one of the biggest hurdles right now at the moment that, that your industry is facing? Um, I mean, right now, I still think we're still in a little bit of a, f- there, there's a couple of different things. I think we're still in a little bit of a fallout we, from, from COVID. We all thought this was, you know, going to be a, a six month recovery. Yeah. A, a right. year Just recovery. two weeks. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks, right? And, yeah. and re- <laughs> I think it really shifted the dynamic around, uh, uh, a, an event or a concert or a performance being um, a luxury versus a necessity, hmm. um, and I'm still on the on the side of you know it's a necessity, like it's it's an emotional necessity, it's a physical necessity, it's a it's a an ethereal necessity. I don't know, That's, it's a necessity in every way for me. Yeah. Um, but not every I know not everybody feels that way, and and realistically, um, the the biggest challenges that we're facing right now is um, there's a couple of things between that it's. Um, there's so much happening now, yeah. which is amazing to see. There's so much. There's so much happening in Pittsburgh right now. From, yeah. I I check my my concert calendar daily of like whether it's one of our shows, whether it's something happening at Mr. Smalls, whether it's something happening downtown. There's just a, such a plethora of things to to go around um, that sometimes there's almost a little bit of an oversaturation of things that are just happening. Ooh, yeah. Um, I, could, I didn't, didn't what, think of that because you know I, I think of when I, when I think of music venues when I think of uh, shows going on; those are the things that really shape a city. Yeah. yeah, you know, those are the things that when you start to see that happen, that shows. I think it's almost the catalyst for growth. Uh, sometimes of you know, from a city becoming just a town to like, oh, it's the city now. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that you know, if you if you go and you go through all of these places, entertainment is a lot of times what gets that place on the map. Right, you know, uh, and uh, those, you know, so it's 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 so wild to, to to think now that there may be too many going on. Is it was it the attention? And there's not enough people. What about workers? Are you guys? Are, is that is that also a problem in your industry? Yeah, I, again, like I think a lot of it was like the fallout of COVID of you know people, and, it, and it's not just coming it, back. And it's not even, and it's not just, it's not us. I mean, there's so many like the right. hospitality industry. There's so many people that just like either saw the saw you know. Uh, saw displeasure in what they were doing or saw inequities in like specific environments and they just decided, you know, I'm going to get up, I'm going to try something different. Um, And we saw, we saw a big fallout. I mean, the, the music industry specifically, like with independent venues, we were one of the first industries to close. We, our our nature is mass gatherings. That's true. That (laughs) is, oh my goodness, man. My heart just, my heart just skipped a beat right there. It it freaked us out um, whenever all this was happening. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm giving myself PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got No, I'm good. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's switch this around. Sure. Because I know there's always two sides (laughs) to that coin. 
Yeah. There's also benefits that yeah. happen, right? There's also there's also some beautiful things that you could have never even fathomed. Yeah. That are probably happening as well. Yeah. This I mean, you mentioned the silver linings, meeting all these people yeah, and all this stuff. Yeah. The silver lining, I mean, it really it really opened up everybody's mind of like the the capabilities of what we can accomplish not only you know not only individually but also collectively mm. too um i think the biggest thing That's and heavy. i and i take this very i take this very um very wholeheartedly in like my day-to-day is like uh, am i am i doing a good job of collaborating i think mm. that's so so important um in what i do day to day and it's like making sure that i'm working with the right people making sure that I'm making collaborative decisions that aren't just, you know, like it's not, I'm not thinking on a one track mind. I'm thinking, you know, what, what makes sense for this show? Is it, we're doing a comedy show. Am I, you know, am I working with the arcade comedy theater downtown? Because, um, you know, am I, if I'm doing, um, you know, if I'm doing a show, um, with, with an LGBTQIA plus artist, am I working with people in that, in, in that world? Am I making the right connections? It's, it's really about identifying, you know, who your community is for, for that audience and really like doing the best job you can to, to connect with people on, on that level. And, um, you know, I, I think that out of COVID really built this sense of urgency to try to collaborate with people. And mm-hmm. I, you know, again, we're, because of the things of like, you know, maybe there's too many shows in the market. Like it's, we're all trying to figure out ways that we can lift ourselves up. And so we can't do that if we're all, I, again, like we realize like we can't do that if we're all working in our own little pockets. Like we have to figure out ways to, to work together. Yeah. I think it's really opened up the the door to a lot of cool collaboration. A lot of cool collaboration. That is absolutely beautiful, man. Yeah. I remember. Absolutely beautiful. (laughs) I remember, um, a friend of mine trying to set up like a, a meeting of, of venues so that we can go over our calendars and not try to compete for the same style yeah. of music on the mm-hmm. same nights or, or only have like a certain amount so that we can kind of all work together. And, mm-hmm. and um, like it, it can be, it, I don't think too much going on at once is the problem, but too much of the same yeah. st- mm-hmm. style of thing. Okay. Yeah. When you, when you have, um, you know, something that's, one thing might be bigger than the other, but you, when you have two of, of like it, the markets, you could have different avenues of the markets and, and they all work together and, and you could have lots of things going on. But if, if there's too many things that are competing back to back to back, it'll, it'll drown it out. It'll, it'll yeah. suffocate all of them. Mm-hmm. And then you end up with, um, they all end up with a lot less. Yeah, no, that's, so, and that's a that's a hundred beautiful. And that's a hundred percent. Like I, that's what we're that's what we. I think it's really important to understand that to be able to you know plan effectively to be able yeah. to program effectively. Like we don't. It's different. Point. It's different than like uh, other businesses though, because like other business, you think of like restaurants or um, like uh, all the things that would be on a you know a brick and mortar. Like you could have all of those, and they it's a town, and they all work together. But when you have music it's it's they need to it's like a puzzle you have to put all the pieces in the right spot on the on the right in that calendar right, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Like, and and move as like o- organically with people aren't going to want to go to this kind of show and that kind of show back to back to back you you have to kind of plan yeah plan for them a little bit right yeah and, and people and again i think people especially out of COVID are, yeah. are taking their, like their social activity a lot more seriously yeah. from a, not only from like a social perspective, there's an economic perspective of it too. Yeah. Like people are way more cost conscious. So like the decisions that they make 
on just going out in general are way more, they're way more hyper aware of. Yeah. Um, I mean, like there's even like the, you know, what we're seeing now is like the, it's, it's great to see, you know, the Taylor Swifts of the world that are coming and bringing in millions of dollars of, of economic impact. But like yeah. that one show is, you know, the typical household is like, that's their one show a year. They're going to spend right. $700 on tickets. Right. They're going to spend $300 on merch. They're going to spend, you know, however much in a hotel. They're going to make a whole night out of it. But like, right. that's their thing for the summer. Yes. And then... You know, that's every it. then that's it. You know, we're yeah. we're not we don't have a chance at getting them to come to no. one of our shows because they've spent all their money for no. all their expendable. No, to... there's there's data to prove that as well. Yeah, They're like that that's what you're going off of analytics. I always because I mean just me personally, how I would think about with people if you if somebody's willing to do it once, I think it opens up the the possibility of it happening again. Like the yeah. probability of it happening again yes. sooner is. Is 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 higher because of because they they've already they enjoyed the experience. Yeah, if they, 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 enjoyed they the experience. they've already they've already and this is just this is me speculating because you are you're the professional, but I just you know I think those those would be the type of things where it's like oh I need that collaboration like what can we build off of like when you heard that Taylor Swift was coming, what type of you know how did you leverage that you know um, I don't for Taylor Swift. Um, I mean, we, I was going to say we steered we steered as far away from it as possible. Just I get it. There's, there's just yep. so, there's so much. <laughs> no, that, you don't want to book a pop concert on the night Taylor Swift. Oh, absolutely. Then you're, yeah. you're, gonna have, you're not going to have anyone there. So you yeah. want to, like, all right, that's a good night for yeah. I think what the restaurants. But there would be a lot of people in town as well, too, right? What the restaurants did is, like, a perfect example of how to capitalize on that and how to be creative with it is, like, you're building a whole, like, experience out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all doing Taylor Swift-themed uh, drink menus. They're all doing Taylor Swift mm. dance parties. They're all getting people like amped up for this experience. Right. And I think, and we are trying to emulate that on the on like the live event world. If right. um, you know, uh, like we're working with Four Chord Music Festival, right? Yeah. We're trying to build like a whole experience around it. Whether it's like we're doing a pre we're doing a pre festival show, we're doing like a bunch of artist highlights, we're doing like a whole lot of stuff locally to try to help like build the buzz for that yeah. for a lot of these like bigger events that are happening in the area. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we try to again, we try we try to figure out ways to, you yeah. know, if if there is an event, even um, you know, it, the nice thing with Dresk Entertainment is that we do so many events at different venues that we can kind yeah. of kind of piggyback off of one another. So if we have yeah. like a big event that's happening somewhere else, we can use right. something. We can use another venue for like a pre like a preamp party. Yeah, and that's like that. that's what I was getting to because I, I know even when in the art world, what what we would do is we would cross pollinate the audiences, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. like we would have uh, a big event going on at Dancing Gnome. I know there's going to be a lot of people in town. You know what? They may want to go see some art as well because they're already here. So I yeah. don't need to, you know, I don't need to give them a reason to come out. I just need them to give them a reason to come down the street. Right. You know what I mean? So, so you put just, a few pieces of art up on their wall. Right. And then right. you invite them over. Then I have a land. Like yeah. There's yeah. a landing page over right. here. You know what I mean? So it's just like, okay, that's, that's where they're, that's where the pool is. Yeah. This is where, this is where, this is where I want them to swim though, is over here in this pond. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like collecting, but I, I, I think of it like, um, you know, you guys, you guys, like you were just saying, you kind of obviously kind of operate like that as well. Yeah. You know, you have a show going on over here and we figure out a way to leverage, you know, some of that audience to, to expose them to what's happening over here as well. Yeah. Um, so, like, how how has that, you know, I, I feel like that would be probably something like a good model to get everything kind of going after COVID. Yeah. You know, was there a certain industry that you guys, other, other than just... Um, 
music that you guys kind of work with or you piggyback off of or you guys work well together? Is there another industry where you guys can Picked up on collab? the comedy more. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, um, I, I mean, we really, yeah. I mean, we tried to diversify like what we were doing from a performance perspective, but like cross industry, mm. um, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, we're just such a unicorn that I, I'm yeah. trying to think of like a. You spanned you spanned venues from you know that vineyard all the way to Jurgles to yeah. you know what I mean like there's the yeah. the uh, the area that you're covering. So, so maybe like the it's type bigger. of venue that you're playing in would probably be like the the type like you know because um, I mean usually it's traditional right it'd be it'd be a place where you know this happens often. Yeah. Have you been catching yourself off of location where you're usually yeah. at? Uh, yeah, I think, co I mean, again, like, I, I hate keeping having to keep bringing it up, but, I mean, that re COVID really helped, like, have it helped us think a little bit outside the box of, like, where we can do things. And, mm, um, I mean, it. we were, we had we had to go, you know, outdoor as much as we possibly could because that, um, you know, that at the time was the safest thing to do was have yeah. was, was having an outdoor show that and being right. able to control that a little bit more. We were doing we were doing drive-in shows. Um, oh yeah, yeah. oh that's dope. And it, Chappelle yeah. was doing that as well too. Yeah. You were speaking to him earlier. That's it, pretty cool. It was it was weird, man. <laughs> I remember doing the, everything the was the weird that time, my friend. Car windshield. It's so it's so Fucking weird passes. to have bands that were up on stage being like, "All right, everybody, like we played a song, we'll talk your horns." It was so freaking weird, man. Yo, I never want to go back. Elon there. did that too with the Million Mile Battery. I know he had like a oh, yeah. he had like one of those meetings, one of those quarterly meetings, and they had to meet outside. Everybody was in a Tesla, and they had to honk the horn instead of like <laughs> clap. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah, so I knew a guy that actually went to that as oh, yeah. well, which was 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 real interesting. He said it was great. They they yeah they televised it or not televised it was on recorded the it yeah recorded it. it was yeah. on the internet it was live. Um, yeah. Shout out to Tesla. Uh, so <laughs> I just never thought I was gonna say that today, but I did. <laughs> just had to get that out there. Well, you know what, man? This is this has been this has been beautiful. You know what? Do, what do you guys got next coming up? What's what's in the future? You know, is there, is there, are you guys, what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, maybe a new event that's happening, or you got a big, a yeah. big show coming. Everything's a big show. Yeah, I know everything's that. a big show. I already you know got, that, but you, you got to treat it like a big show, man. Yeah, um, we're working. I'm really stoked. We're, we've been working with um, with Rishi Ball over at Four Chord Music, who's been doing Four Chord Music Festival for the last nine years. Well, over nine years. This is his ninth iteration this year. It's, yep. Uh, We've been fortunate enough to partner with him and work with you on it. Yeah. Um, Shout out to PGH. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, PGHprintship. Hello. Dot com. But we've been working with we've been working with him for the last couple of years now to try, try to help expand the festival. It's been going into a two day festival now with yeah. national and local talent, and I I'm so stoked for it. Um, yeah. It's going to be a two day event on August 12th and August 13th at Wild Things Park in Washington, PA, with I was a big, I loved going like Warp Tour back in like the early two thousands. I was like my my thing. I heard I, so many stories about the Warp. Man. Oh yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. That was, it was, that was like, I was big I, on that too. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to, to partake, but I've heard so many great stories of oh man, yeah. legendary. The, big, the biggest thing is don't don't eat the catering. That's all I gotta say. Oh, oh God. that's the biggest. Don't eat the catering. That's all you gotta do, <laughs> and maybe we'll make it out. Um, Possibility. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's a lot of the, it's a lot of those type bands um, I've been growing up listening to for a long time now, and so I'm I'm stoked to get to work with a lot of them. So yeah, and just a lot of good lot of good people involved in it. Have, like, have you right. been Have you been starstruck? Uh, you got I know there's been a time where you you seen somebody and it looked like they were floating instead of walking when they were game when they went past you. 
Yeah, um, I was just telling somebody this the other day. Um, one of the I uh, I was a huge Paramore fan back yeah. in the day, um, and when Newfound Glory, uh, the, the pop punk band, was playing uh, Altar Bar for one of their like ten year anniversary shows or something like that, um, the singer of Paramore, Haley Williams, was dating the guitarist of of Newfound Glory at the time. Uh, and it was on, it was like one of the first shows that I ever worked like ever. Yeah. Um, and the band gets out of the tour bus. They're parked out in front of the venue. And then all of a sudden, I see I see this woman that comes out in a, in like a big hoodie, and I can tell me I'm like, that's Haley Williams. Like this is like yeah. This is like my like my idol at the time. Like this is the craziest yeah. thing. And like all I knew how to say was. Yeah, you're Haley Williams, and that was and that was it. And then I, yeah. I pretty you much still just, you still have nightmares about it. Yeah, still it's, <laughs> nothing prepares you for a lo- nothing prepares you for talking to an artist because yeah. it, it's I I honestly I try to I distance myself a little bit more because because I I just like to make sure they have a good time and right. um, I'm also I just never know what to what to say. Um, yeah, I'm just really bad at like striking up that kind of conversation and just like connecting with them on that. Um, and your mind is occupied on a million things at yeah. once too as yeah. well. So. Yeah. Um, honestly, one of the biggest surprises was um, I love leaving a lot of the comedians are like they're really, really down. To, they're really down yeah. to earth. Um, they don't tour with like a giant entourage. It's usually mm-hmm. just they're flying. They're flying in from wherever they're coming from and uh, coming into the show, flying out. They have maybe a, a local comedian or a touring comedian with them and yeah. maybe like a, a tour manager or something like that but yeah. they're really they're always like down to earth and personal um i got to hang out with seth myers a Whew. couple a couple, uh, a couple years yeah. ago and his dad's from pittsburgh we had him for two sold out shows and we got to give him his own pirates jersey and we talked yeah. for like 15 20 minutes like one of the most down to earth people i've ever met that's but we've also you know we've seen the opposite right we've seen people that yeah. come in with big egos that come in with you know million mile long uh, hospitality riders that want all right. the the green M and M's and all the crazy crap that's on their that's is that, on their a, is that a real thing? Uh, not any not anymore, thankfully. But that was that was a real thing. You you know the story about that? No. Um, so it was Van Halen. Um, back in the day, used to put um, green M and M's. Oh, it was on their hospitality rider. Was green M and M's only? Was like the one thing that stood out. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so that's someone so had to wrong. sit through and, yeah, and pick that, them out. That's yeah. so wrong. Well, man. no, it was it was um, it's it, at the time it was smart because it was they wanted to make sure that you the, were taking that you were taking they were you were taking notes. You were actually reading through everything. And they yeah. the first thing the tour manager, the production manager, looked at when they came in was were the green M and M's there in the in the dressing room. Yeah, and they knew, you, if they knew if it was there, they knew that they didn't have anything to worry about. If it wasn't there, then they knew they had a problem that day. That we don't see that that much anymore, thankfully. Um, that is genius. Yeah, it. And I mean, it, it's it's so it's so put a problem in there. Yeah. yeah, they they like to start the pot, man. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it, it's uh, we don't see that much anymore. Like, there's no crazy riders or anything like that. Right. I, not that I not that I've seen. But, Cross it out and send it back. Yeah, yeah right. so, so I think, man, this has been an amazing sit down. Yeah, this has been amazing, my friend. This is this I'm, is uh, like I'm looking for like now like I know who who you guys are. Like I, I know if I see the name, I know I know that that's uh, somebody that's somebody that's some. Uh, it's a dope. It's a dope situation. You know what I'm saying? I think I think you you have great representation of the, you. you know what I mean. Your, your your organization, um, thank goodness they got somebody like you, man. Because I think it's people like you, bro, that you know that we're gonna look back on in the future and be like, you know, a big, a big reason why this is happening is because of people like yourself, man. This is it's just interesting to hear you speak the whole time and, and talking about 
others and how they feel. You know, it's, it was the hospitality side of the entertainment business to make sure that they develop it and they have everything they need. Yeah. Dude, dude, um, you're amazing, man, and, and keep up the great work. Thank but you. But if there was if there was something that you can say to the younger version of yourself, the younger mm-hmm. version of yourself, if they were sitting right there and you had an opportunity to tell that person one thing, what would that be? Um, man, um, be okay with five hours of sleep a night. <laughs> that's it? No, that's not it. Um, <laughs> no, just, no, five hours. That yeah. just say. Five, four, find, find the pockets. Find, it's find the pockets. Yeah, it's, it's find the pockets. Find, find the bit, find the things that make you happy and, and, and run with it. And, um, you know, I, 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 I think I'm really thankful that I found music as early on as I did because I yeah. don't know what I'd do without, without it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, right before we started, it was like this. I I wouldn't know what else to do. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you said that, and when you said it, brother, I believed you. I believed you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah. like, like it's it's just the way you the way you speak of this. This is this is running through your blood. This yeah, is man. This is a, your essence. Yeah. You know, it's it's in you. Yeah, I'm I, I'm gonna find a way to make music a part of my life, no matter how, no matter what it takes, really. But um, yeah. as long as I'm breathing, it's gonna be something something music because it's it's really. It's such a beautiful thing to to be able to experience, and um, you know, part of the reason why I love doing it now is is really just um, I got to perfect example. I got to go to a show on Friday with an artist, uh, Ben Folds, and I'm sitting in the aisle. I'm looking at the kid next to me, and he's singing like every every yeah. single word of every single song, and just like the the smile on his face was like all I needed to have. Even yeah. though like I wasn't like a big fan of yeah. him, like seeing him just have that experience to himself, like that was just such a rewarding thing. And like, yes. I even having like the smallest bit of of involvement in making that happen was like everything to me. And so like that's made it all worth it. Yeah, it just made it all. Absolutely. I made it all worth it. I love I love that feeling, and you know, I, I hope that you know others find that too because it's, it's such a beautiful thing just watching people enjoy themselves yeah. yeah so you want to tell the people where they can find you at as well my friend because yeah. i mean that last statement right there i'm just let you know right there man um that's how that's that's how i operated when i was at a tt my biggest thing was the for the new artists to be able to see their work on the walls for the first time yeah. and not just see their work but watching somebody else come and look at it just like this mm-hmm. and that feeling you get that something you created you know it it like something you created, somebody else is acknowledging, yeah. and everything you thought it was, you, you couldn't even fathom how much it really is, yes. right? Because, it, but those moments right there between, you know, somebody ah, who yes. loves something and they get a chance to do it, and you get to see them, that yes. feeling, like that emotion, like they'll, right. man, that that's a that win, that's that's the win. Yes, to me, yeah. that's the win. There was something I wanted to close with, um, and that I've been thinking of kind of this whole time that came kept coming up um is that i had a friend of mine who was an artist and he, he had been at it for a few years and he really liked what he was doing but it, it the stuff wasn't selling and so he uh like, he came to me and asked me he's like should i stop doing this style and should i start doing something that you know is gonna just should i do it just to sell and um i said no like if you like your style then there's going to be people out there that like your style too. You're just not hitting, you're not expanding your market big enough. Mm-hmm. So you got to find, you got to find people that want what you are doing. But if, if you like it, someone else will like it. Yeah. And if you are putting, if you're putting your heart into this craft and, and, you, and 
people will recognize it and it, it's it's horrible that you know someone could go so long and put something out and and not receive um, much of any like uh you know reaction from it but it, it's just a matter of how big that window is and how many how many people because now he's doing the, the same exact thing he's kind of doubled down and he's awesome. he's um you know m- maybe it's been t- twice as long since he's asked me that question and, and i just encouraged him to, ke- to keep at you know where his heart was and he's doing phenomenal and he's he's uh you know i'm really really proud of him and i'll i'll definitely have him he he was on an on an episode i'll let you guess and um, we will uh, we'll definitely have them on again. So, That's awesome. Absolutely. Man. So if you if you're doing something, you're passionate about it. Mm. Just keep at it. People people will eventually see it, and you'll you'll find your market. Um, it might not always just be the hun- a few hundred friends you have on Facebook. Yeah. So do, you got to go past you, that. You just got to you got to define what success means to you. Really. Right. That and that's really what it is. It's yeah. you know. It's, it's what you internally feel like success is. If you feel like it's, you know, I'm able to get 10 people out to my show that have yeah. never seen it before, it's amazing. If it's, I want to sign to a record label, that's it. Yeah. Like, you got to set a level of expectations for yourself, and just right. seeing people achieve that is, is such a, that's a cool, that's and, such a cool and thing. And you know what, I, I, to add on to that, yeah. someone else's version of success is not going to match your version. Yeah, correct. And if you're striving for someone else's version of success, you're going to disappoint yourself. You, right. you have to set your own. Yeah. You have to set your own limit because, because, yeah, that that I, I think that's important. That like a lot yeah. of times when I'm striving for something that someone else has, I never I never obtain it. I'm always I'm always on the like I, I didn't put in the time to say sit myself down and say what is successful to me. Yeah, what is that? You know, I, I turn I turn I turn the question on to to myself instead of looking outward and seeing what someone else's success looks like because there's no happiness in that. Uh, not true happiness. Like yeah, I think you should set your goals to to your goals should be yours. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They should be yours. Uh, so set those. Set those. It's an important part of the process. But yeah, yeah. Let's let's tell them let's tell them where they can find you guys at as well too. Yeah. You know? uh, for I'm gonna go down the whole list, but for Drusky Entertainment, it's www.druskyent.com. We got a ton of shows coming up this summer. And that's D R U S K Y. D R U S K Y. Um, for for all the things with the National Independent Venue Association, it's just www.nivassoc.org. And uh, another organization called Detour, which is a collective of independent promoters and yeah. uh, venues across the country, uh, www.d-tour.live. We're working with a ton of cool artists, putting them in indie rooms across D-tour. the country. Like yeah. It. It's sick. Uh, we're, doing, we're doing some really cool stuff, and I'm really stoked about it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's all the things. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, We're very proud of of this uh, podcast and that we're able to do it. We're thankful that we have people that are uh, interested in it, and and we're able to take time out of our schedule to to do this and produce this, and and for people to enjoy it, it's very rewarding. We're very thankful for that. Absolutely, so. <laughs> absolutely. And guys, if you like what you're hearing, if you're liking, if, if if you one day wanted to podcast yourself like we're doing here today, please look us up at 1028 uh, Podcast Studio. Uh, and you can find us on, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on 
um, Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, I'm not as responsive, but if you anywhere else, you put 1028 podcast in, you send a message over, and believe me, guys, you, we, we'll, we'll get back to you and get you in here. And if you like the way that this podcast is put out, you like the editing, there's also Lane Media. Uh, he is He's my guy, Larry. Uh, he takes care of a lot of the editing that happens with a uh, thoughtful discussion with Josh Schneider. So shout out to him. And if Thank you're you, looking Larry. for an editor, Lane Media is your guy. So, um, man, we did another one. Yeah. You, yeah so, um, put, hold on. I got to put something else out there. Oh, come on with it, man. <laughs> um, so with 1028 Podcast Recording Studios, something he didn't mention it is that, is that it's, it's very affordable. And as he Absolutely. is in the, in the startup phase, um, he's hitting all three, uh, you know, a great price, a great product. And he's, uh, you know, he's fast at it. So hey, sometimes with business, you can only pick one or two. Very rare that you can get all three. But right now, Corey is definitely over-delivering on, uh, on what, you, what you spend. So definitely get in here while you can, while, while it's still in this phase, because it's not going to last long. And, um, and it, it will be appreciated. So I, I truly believe in it. And uh, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here without... Um, without him so i'm very thankful and for my sign off i just wanted to uh to say if you want to find me check me out um on instagram is the best way to kind of find all the different avenues from there um instagram is uh josh snyder 86 and that's snyder with an i so check me out follow me and uh, i'll be posting stuff whether it's art shows or there's links on there for pgh print ship um the podcast thoughtful discussions and uh, i'm a volunteer board member at pgh museums so definitely check all those things out and thank you so much for listening thank you guys so much for listening man yep and uh you know what you guys go out there do something beautiful the world's counting on you um we each have to grab our paintbrush and look at this world as a blank canvas and put our strokes in to create this masterpiece so go out there and make this thing happen all right and we gotta do it together collaboration is key guys i love it all right we out